0: Now, to talk uh, about this uh, and to get some reaction, uh, we're joined by the Goldwater Institute Director of Healthcare Policy, Naomi Lopez, uh, here with the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop, Chris Murphy in the newsroom, and Naomi, thanks for taking time with us. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. It's my pleasure to be here with you this morning.
0: So what's your initial reaction here, eight months in, uh, that the state is now changing um, the, the, the metric that's used to determine how many vacant hospital beds we have?
1: Well, the new metric is the correct metric. You cannot just flip a pediatric bed, for example, into an adult COVID bed. So it really does make sense, but one really has to wonder why they were using a metric that wasn't really applicable in the first place.
0: So uh what does this ultimately do though for um how the hospital beds uh you know were reported uh, b- before lockdowns were were uh, you know being imposed here uh or at least being recommended here uh what's the ultimate effect of uh, of that number crunch
1: Well this does reduce the number of available beds but it may gives it provides a more realistic assessment of the beds now let's keep in mind that it is much easier to ramp up the number of available beds. You can do that in a number of ways. But the real concern here is actually workforce. Are there enough medical personnel to care for the patients? We know that there are a lot of issues with physicians and nursing and other staff having to quarantine or even contracting COVID and not being available, as well as just a shortage of qualified healthcare professionals to provide those services that are needed. So that really, I think right now is our bigger concern here in Illinois in particular, but also around the country. And what we're also seeing when I talk to governor's offices is that the shortage of, per- of available personnel is driving up the cost to bring personnel in temporarily. And so that's a concern. Earlier in the pandemic, when there were hot spots in various places, we would see ebbs and flows of cases there. But now there is an increase um, in a lot more areas, and that really limits the availability of pulling medical personnel from other areas of the country.
0: Naomi Lopez joins us. She's the director of health care policy at the Goldwater Institute. And you'd mentioned that you talk with governors' offices all across the country uh, about these types of issues. So uh, what are the types of issues you're hearing back from governors all across the country?
1: Well, I think that there is a very big concern about the economic impact of COVID, not only on lockdowns or limited lockdowns, but also on people feeling safe enough to go out and participate in the economy. And you know, there are um, so so there are a lot of concerns around that, around that, around tax revenues, and then also, you know, I think at the top of most governors' offices list is the ability to care for patients, particularly in rural areas where their facilities are far more limited. And if you have, um, like we see here in Springfield, if you see hospitals getting close to capacity, you're not going to be able to transfer patients from rural areas to get the, the higher level care that they might need. And so what we're really facing is a situation where if our hospitals are full, if there aren't enough personnel, then you will have people who have more minor ailments, who won't be able to get care, and that will have detrimental effects on health as well. So we're really facing, I think, both a healthcare crisis, but also an economic one. And and I think that those concerns, you know, are certainly have been present all along, but I think that there, my sense is that there, there's more concern at this point in time.
0: It seems that things are more acute as well. Uh, and uh, changing the the metric on that hospital uh, vacancy number uh, makes that a bit more acute, right?
1: It absolutely does. Now, of course, we do have a lot of hope. We just found out that the third potential vaccine has a very high effectiveness rate, too. But it's going to take a few weeks at minimum to deploy um, these vaccines once they receive FDA emergency authorization, and those, of course, would go first to frontline healthcare workers, rightfully so. But it will take a few months to get them distributed. It's such a large, massive effort. That's another thing that governors' offices have been very focused on: is is the is the logistics behind getting people the vaccine. And, and I think that those plans are actually going quite well, and there's a lot of reason for hope. Given all of the great news that we've been getting so far about the, about the vaccines, um, three of them now with very high effectiveness rates, much higher than I think even the leading experts were hoping for.
0: Naomi Lopez, the director of healthcare policy with the Goldwater Institute, joining us on the WMAY morning news feed. Chris Murphy in the newsroom with a question. And Naomi, you know, looking at the situation with healthcare workers, I'm hearing stories about stressed out nurses constantly and double shifting and, and nurses retiring early or even uh, resigning from their job because they're just fatigued over all of it. Is that the story that you're getting and what are hospitals going to have to do to step up to make sure that they have adequate staff as we go through this pandemic?
1: Well, this is a really complex issue, and this is something that I think that organizations like the Goldwater Institute have been focused on for years now. When we talk about allowing healthcare workers to practice at the top of their education and training, it's really important that when we take a look at the licensing of healthcare professionals, there are a lot of areas where health, if we're educated and trained healthcare workers are not allowed to practice at the top of their education and training because there would be competitors, other healthcare workers and other disciplines don't want them to. And so I think that we're going to need to go back in the long run, go back and take a very hard look and allow healthcare professionals to practice at the top of their education and training, allow for more pathways. For healthcare licensing, but but I think in the near term, it you know there, there really isn't a silver bullet answer here because you can't just train someone up to care for a sick patient. That is not um, going to be something that's going to be rectified in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, doing as much as we can through emergency orders, allowing for states to expand the scope of practice during this pandemic, are of course important measures. But but honestly, you know, it's going to just take more money. It's going to take more long-term planning. And unfortunately, I think that there will be a lot of, um, there, there will be a lot of impacts, I think, on, on the, the quality of health care when you have people who are burning out and and so i think that we've got to really take a step back after this is over and really reevaluate the certification process and the licensing process of these professionals but but you know really i think for the, you know I, th- I think that you know for the most part we've got a tremendously dedicated healthcare workforce caring for patients in unimaginably difficult circumstances but 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 this this is absolutely a concern
0: Naomi, one thing also that uh, is just now breaking, I don't have all of the specifics, but a headline I just saw splash is 700 uh, nursing home workers that are union members of SEIU are looking at possibly striking, uh, possibly looking to get some kind of pandemic pay. Nursing homes are the hardest hit uh, congregate settings, from my understanding, and looking at the numbers, at least here in Illinois and other states. What does this type of move do to um, taking care of the situation in the now?
1: Well, really, not a lot. Um, This is a this is tremendously concerning. Not only do nurses have, you know, nurses absolutely have an ethical obligation to care for their patients, and of course, they have to look out for their well-being as well. I mean, no one would dispute that. But to threaten a strike in the middle of a public health emergency is very concerning, and I do hope that it's only a threat. Um, But but really, this is not the time and place to be playing games. With people's lives, and so I, I would hope that the governor's office would immediately take a look and see what repercussions there would be if these workers, who are licensed by the state, are at, actually do go on strike during a during a public health emergency. This, this would be very troubling, and 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 I think um, would only add to. The suffering and the devastation that this pandemic is is inflicting on all of us, and absolutely, the frontline healthcare workers have to be cared for, of course. But but I just don't I don't think that right now would be the the, the time and place to do this.
0: Naomi Lopez, uh, Goldwater Institute Director of Healthcare Policy. Uh, I regret not bringing you on earlier in all of this. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk again in the near future. All right.
1: Oh, absolutely.